When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. This episode is dedicated to Byron Palmer, closest thing I had to a father. I pray I continue to make you proud, and I promise to keep my promise. Thank you for blessing my life with your presence. Rest peacefully, Pops. Hey, welcome to some and welcome back to others. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Mikey, half of the Black Millennial Marriage Podcast. This is Black Millennial Marriage episode number 83, When a Man Loves a Woman. Uh, this is an indie episode, indie standing for individual. Um, our indie episodes are going to be episodes that Randy and I record separately. It's a way for us to honor who we are as individuals and not just who we are as spouses. Episodes will drop every Wednesday from one of us with our thoughts on a random topic. In my indies, you can look forward to interviews, shout outs to some amazing men or fathers out there who are taking care of business, deeper insight into my thoughts about marriage, life, fatherhood, and more. Each of my indies will have three parts. Part one is the main topic, stories or interviews. Part two is head nine, where I show some respect to someone who's been doing something great that I think you all should pay attention to. Or it'll be a Q&A, depending on if I have questions that you all send in. Finally, part three is where I leave you with a little something to wrap it up. I'm honestly a little bit nervous still being back on the mic alone. It is not my favorite thing to do, but trying to follow my wife's lead and exercise bravery. So here I go. I'm looking forward to you all's feedback and thoughts on my rambling. Without further ado, let's get into it. Mother lover, you gon' love this. Graduated from a rebel to a revolutionary in my area, they love this. Alright, part one. What had happened was, prior to the shutdown of the world, um, I plan to talk about why, when a man truly loves a woman intensely, it's hard for people to adjust to what it looks like, mostly family. Uh, the more I thought about it, the more I realized that the reason it was hard for people to accept or believe the switch up is because it's rarely explained. So I want to talk about mine. I have a very long, complicated journey when it comes to women treating women based off my relationships with them with the women in my life and honestly with men in my life, which kind of led to this point recently, uh, the man who I shot at the beginning of this episode passed, um, one of the, one of the only men outside of my dad who I actually called dad at some point passed. And he is a very big reason for me being married to Randy today. Uh, he was one of the only people really at like the start of this, who was actually supportive like the adults that who those really supportive about me marrying her because I don't really have a lot of experience with positive feedback from the women in my life when it comes to dating women. And so before I get into like the leap that I was taking with Randy, we're going to, we're going to dive into a love timeline of mine. I had his breaking and I broke this down into like five parts, right? Love with me went like this. There was young love. There was bum love. There was dumb love. There was some love. And there was love, love, which got me to this point that I'm at right now. 
When I was growing up, my mother wasn't really big on dating. We didn't have a lot of conversations or talks about what it's like when you're dating someone. If you're new to this podcast, my mom is West Indian. She comes from a different place, a different time, and they're just used to things being a certain way. And when you're a kid, dating and love lives and girlfriends and boyfriends aren't at like the top of their list of priorities. But it was important to me because when you're a kid in America, like that's just like a thing you do. You have girlfriends, you go out with people. It's like that's life. So, you know, not really having any guidance in that arena. I was looking for it wherever I can get it. But I was mostly just kind of trying shit, seeing what works and finding out what didn't. God, I kind of regret some of the decisions that I made. So, um, young love, I decide, I, I define young love as inexperience meets idiocy. When I was young, I'm talking middle school, early middle school age. You have no idea what you're talking about. You have not done anything. You don't know any of what you're supposed to be doing. And because of that, you just kind of start doing shit. You do shit that you may have like seen in movies or you may have heard about or, you know, you start talking to your friends who also haven't done shit or know shit and you start doing what they do or you see what works around you and what doesn't. I went to school in the South. Growing up down here, you see things that at that time were extremely unacceptable and happen and don't happen at all now or they still do. But now it's just like less acceptable. But there'll be games where like the boys would walk up to a girl, touch on the butt and see what type of reaction they would get. Sometimes the girl would be with it and they like flirt back and be like, stop touching me. Ha ha ha. And sometimes it'd be like, you ugly ass nigga. I'm gonna go call the teacher. <laughs> like it would, it would be a complete switch. It depends on like if the girls like you or not, how you test that out. I was never one of those that was brave enough to try that shit. While though I was young, I did have a lot of people in my family who would educate me about things like sexual harassment. <laughs> and though we were like kids, I didn't want to put my hands on anybody only because I didn't want that second reaction. But I also didn't think that that was like the cool way to approach a girl. So because the boys didn't know what they was doing and the girls didn't know what the hell they wanted. I really would talk a lot to like adults about how to approach girls. And a lot of the feedback I would get would be, you don't need to mess with these girls, you know, focus on your school work, shit like that. And I ignored the hell out of them and I made terrible decisions because of it. But that's what happens when inexperience meets idiocy. But then it grew into bum love. Bum love, I define as trying to be someone I wasn't to please someone who had no idea what they wanted. This is something that you fall into or that I fell into going from, I want to say middle school into early high school. And this lasted a very long time. I think that it's like a part of who... I was when I was younger that I wanted to I don't know I was still trying to figure out who I was and because I had no clue I started adopting pieces that I saw were working with other people and I'm not really sure where this stems from I, I think that at a young age I probably had like some identity issues that I wasn't able to really you know pinpoint at that time but looking back I see that's exactly what it is didn't know what type of person boy man I wanted to be and when you're young you're trying to figure it out that that guidance is important. And I had mentors who would help point me in certain directions, but this is why it's important to kind of have a father um, who is around and helping shape that. But I had my mom. And again, my mom was not really trying to hear my feelings about girls. Um, and to be fair, 
I don't know if that's actually how she felt. I know that when I brought up the topic of girls, she would kind of shut it down. But I don't think I was mature enough to bring to her like, hey, mom, I'm having this feeling about these, this girl and I really want to know what you think about it. And how should I handle situations like this in the future? It wasn't nothing like that. It was I don't think the conversation just never moved to the point where we, you know, we got that deep into it. I just didn't even bother bringing up my troubles with girls. And I think that that probably created like a space between me and my mother, which is why, like, now we talk more than we did when I was younger but I always wonder what type of talks we would have had and what type of things she would have saved me from if my mother was like really interested in my love life when I was younger but anyway so bum love trying to be someone I wasn't to please someone who had no idea what they wanted which evolves into dumb love which is and was just me being spineless a follower allowing myself to be taken advantage of and a people pleaser I had this romanticized idea of what you're supposed to be when you're in a relationship. You're supposed to be doting. You're supposed to be attentive. You're supposed to be romantic. And all of these things I got from movies, TV shows, and honestly, from trying to do the opposite of what I saw some of the dudes around my way doing. Like, I didn't really want to be the womanizer. I kind of liked being the dude that women like being around and wouldn't hate themselves afterwards if they got with. But that led to some love. Mm. (laughs) lying withholding manipulating is what i define this as is where like i love you and i use the fact that i said i love you to justify some of my negative behaviors um like lying like lying by omission which is being overall manipulative i'll dive into some of these things deeper in our episodes that we did together but when i was in my early 20s late teens it was just i don't know i was reckless hurt people hurt people left some 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 damage in my wake that I'm not proud of and I really wish that I don't know I had again more guidance during these times to help put me in the right direction or point me in the right path and again I did have people around I just you know wasn't always heeding the advice that I should have which led me to love love being in that space where you're vulnerable uh, emotional maturity mushy shit you know, this is this is the timeline of me. When I finally got to the point where I was in love, love, I had went to a mentor of mine and I told him, I said, hey, uh, I'm dating this girl. And he said, who? And I said, Randy. And he looked really disappointed in me. And I was like, you know, what's what's wrong? He was like, uh, he was like, I could have sworn that girl was like smart. And I was like, what do you mean? Um, he was like, so she can't be that smart if she fucking around with you. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, I, I don't know. I kind of took like pride in how he used to see me. Like he knew I was really, really smart. He knew that I was like going to be somebody. He really encouraged me to like, you know, follow my dreams and really like, you know, he 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 was one of those people behind me that like that, that would put a battery in my back as far as like male support that I genuinely needed in order to like move around in the world with confidence. But I, I don't think I'd ever seen him make this face. He was like, he was like, I don't know. He was like, Randy's a really good girl. I just, you know, I've heard about you. I don't really know if that's, you know, the girl that you should be talking to. And I was like, well, we, you know, we go together now. So I'm not really sure what you want me to do with that. And he was like, all right, well, you know, this, again, this is one of those good girls. So, you know, just just don't hurt her. And it was one of those things that I always just had, like, in the back of my head. And again, I had no intention on doing any of those things to Randy um, when we were younger. But again, I'm I'm 17 and still stupid. Still, still bouncing around um, within that timeline and trying to figure out, you know, what what it is that I that I want and who it is that I want to be and how that aligns with who she is and who she's growing to be. And, you know, ultimately, what type of man am I going to be when this is all over, when this is all said and done? I fast forward a little bit, a little bit more time passes and I approached him 
when I was going shopping for a ring. I, I bought the ring and he was the first person that I showed it to. Um, after my after my roommates, actually, he he was one of the, he was the first person outside of West Georgia, my college campus, that I showed this ring to, and he told me that um, somebody put it away. He was like, "We need to sit down. We need to have serious conversation." And he told me that if I'm really gonna go through with this, then I have to make sure that this is something that I can do. And I was like, you know, I don't know what you like. I I know this is something I can do. I love her. I want to be with her forever. He was like, "Yeah, that's all romantic and whatever," but. Marriage is hard. Marriage is difficult. He said, if you cannot honor that woman um, in the way that she deserves to be honored for the rest of your lives, then don't do it. Just don't go through with it. Don't waste your time. Don't waste her time because all it will cause down the road is pain. And I sat with that for a while and I called him back and I told him, you know, that I'm, I'm going to go through with it. I heard him very clearly and I'm going to pray on it a little bit more and I'm going to make my decision. Fast forward. Um, if you don't know how... <laughs> the proposal went please go back and listen to episode two almost breaking up and non-negotiables and episode 20 from season one the proposal because those are filling those gaps for you but um he genuinely sat down with me and told me about myself told me what was wrong with my approach told me how I should look at marriage and gave me my first real insight into how difficult this process would be and I will forever be grateful for him for that because it definitely helped and he definitely helped molded me into who I am today and why I am so serious about the woman in my life. This all started again with me saying that it's difficult for people to see or really understand how the switch up happens and how they struggle to believe it once it happens. Um, women will see a changed man or people will see a changed man and, you know, assume the worst. Like, oh, you know, it's only a matter of time before something happens or, you know, it's not really him or, you know, he's just trying to please so-and-so. But this was a process. This was a 12-year <laughs> plus process of trying to figure out who I I want to be and who I am based off of where I've been and what I've seen. Um, I love my mother to death, but I've seen my mother in relationships where I felt like my mother deserved way more and way better. I felt like her kids deserved way more and way better from the men that she was with as well. And I didn't want to repeat some of the, the situations in my past. If you've listened to any episode before or haven't, um, my birth father was not in my life, left when I was three. Um, one of my clearest memories, and that's never been something that I wanted to put on my kids and when it comes to love and life and how all these things mix, I always felt like when the time came for me to seriously settle down with a woman and build that family that I've always dreamed of building, that I was going to take it seriously. And I did so with this girl. Now, the problem with that is people who were not there for the entire process because, you know, they're either living their life or they didn't take it as seriously as I did when I was younger. They don't really see or understand why I'll do some of the things that I do. Um, I've been talking to this girl uh, since 2008, nine about what type of family we wanted to build. And it's 2020 and we've done it. But it took work. It took a lot of very serious conversations, a lot of deep conversations, probably deeper than most 15, 16, 17 year olds were having. But it was what we wanted. And so when I have to, like, put my foot down in certain areas and say no and, you know, deny family things that I you know normally would have always said yes to. But because I'm like a married man and because I'm a husband now. That and that and my husband duties come before you know other things, and my father duties come before other things, and I have to take into account this family 
before other family, it's really, you know, it, it was, it's hard for me sometimes. And again, before all this Corona stuff happened, it, it seemed like there was this gray area that I had to operate in, but the more people are able to take stock of what's important to them and the more people are able to sit and reflect on what's happening to them right now, I feel like more people are understanding why you can prioritize something over something else or why certain things are more important to you than everything else. Before this all happened, we had plans, right? I was I was sick over the money we didn't have and over the things we couldn't do and how much I missed my girls and how much I wanted to stop driving Lyft. And God said, okay. <laughs> and now I'm I'm locked in the house safely, happily, but tired, you know, because being with the one-year-old all day is difficult. But I was given everything I asked for. I, I don't drive Lyft anymore. I get to work from home. You know, money isn't killing us. I'm not being bashed over the head with debt at this moment because things are on pause. It's like every once in a while you get what you, what you ask for and what you prayed for what you worked for and I believe that I got that with this woman that I love and because that's the case I go hard for her every single day it's important to me to never embarrass her it's important to me to make sure that at the end of the day I'm proud of any decision that I made for my family and that I am carrying myself as this man who would make my late father proud um When I was younger, and I call him my late father because he just he just was. Um, he was he was a very important person to me. When I was younger, he has two daughters and he was married. At this point, I was just getting my license, and my mother taught me how to drive. And so teachers would often let me use their cars. So he let me use his jeep and things like that, and we drive around. And he hated the way that I I would stop. Um, some of my stops would be abrupt. It just wasn't consistent enough. Like your neck would hurt. If I hit the brakes a certain way. So we were in the parking lot and his two daughters get in the back seat and I get in the front seat. We were going to head to his house and he told me he wanted me to drive. And I was like, OK, great. You know, like I love driving. He was like, all right, there's something that you need to practice that I noticed that you've just been struggling with. He was like, what we're going to do is we're going to go to the end of this parking lot. This is uh, me and Randy's old middle school parking lot. He said, I want you to speed up to about 35, 40 miles per hour. And then I want you to slow down before we get to the end without any of us jerking forward. I was like, it's it's not the biggest parking lot in the world, but I I was like, why? He was like, because you drive like shit. <laughs> and he said it's it, it's important that you are aware of other people around you and the people in the car, and you need to drive better. Um, you constantly say you want my keys, you want to drive around, you want all this responsibility, all this and that. Like, show me that you can drive. He said, but if anybody in this car gets whiplash or any of my daughters complain about how hard we stopped, I'm gonna punch you in the chest and you'll never drive my car again. I was like, all right, fuck it, let's do it. I'm speeding up. I come to a, the to a slowdown. He slapped me in the back of my head and it was like, that's not what I told you to do. I said, speed up to forty. Like I was trying to like creep. I was driving like I've never driven before, just, you know, because obviously somebody's watching you. But I, I pull around the parking lot. I do it again. And the girls start clapping. This is a very big moment for me. <laughs> I look at him. He said, you still ain't shit. And then <laughs> we went back to his house. Like I, I later asked him, like, why did you know, why'd you make me uh, why'd you make me drive like in the car? And he said, the two girls in that backseat are two of the most important things in the world to me. Their safety is the biggest thing. And one day you're going to have kids, um, maybe even daughters. So actually, because of your history, you're 100% going to have daughters, but you'll learn about that later. <laughs> I was like, okay. He said, um, 
when you have other people's lives in your hands, you start to look at yours a little bit differently. Uh, a lot of our conversations when I was younger were very morbid. I had a very you only live once type of attitude. I was involved in things that I'm not necessarily proud of, uh, risking, you know, my life in ways that, again, I'm not very proud of. But he was like, uh, one of these days, something is going to matter to you that much to where you will care about every single thing all the time. And you'll understand what it's like, you know, to be a father, to be a man. You'll get it. It'll click. He's like, you don't get it now because you're an idiot, but it'll come to you. And again, you know, these things stick. These things. These these uh, uh these lessons were. Important to me, obviously, um, I say that to say that those words always rang in the back of my head. And once I was able to actually recognize what love was, what I was doing, who I would hurt what my actions would lead to. I had to take a very serious stance on what needed to happen. And you know, I make a joke about how there was a light switch and I just flicked it on. But truth be told, that's just, that was it for me. But basically what, what did all this teach me going from young love to bum love, to dumb love, to some love, to love, love. Uh, it taught me that there's always a process behind what someone is going through what you see is not always the final result and sometimes we have to be patient with the people that we're working with now i recently had a conversation with somebody who was single and they were asking me why men can't get their shit together and i was just very honest with her i was like you know some people just aren't mature enough yet to get to that point you have to respect where somebody is in their process you may be 20 and have the mentality of a 40 year old and thinking about settling down and thinking about like property and you know and all these other things but there are some men out there that are 20 year old and recognize that the the ratio of men to women is seven to one in atlanta and they can do whatever they want get away with shit they believe they have options and so you know they play the field they juggle they they do this they do that like it's just that's where they are um and that's not necessarily somebody you need to wait for but you have to understand that that's kind of how this like dating pool work uh and she understood she was just like you know like where are the people like you like you you got with your girl when y'all was 16 y'all got this little podcast and i was like yeah but i was stupid <laughs> um, and to be honest with you randy wasn't that wise either for you know doing that with me but there was a choice that she made so you can either find somebody at the end of their process which is not very likely or you can go through somebody while they're going through that process which is not always healthy or you can just respect that you go through yours, they go through theirs, and y'all figure it out. But the bigger thing is that it is a process. And sometimes I wish that family who don't understand or people who don't really get it will take the time to take a step back and look at it like, oh, you know, there, there was a process to get to this point. He's not shutting me out because he doesn't love me. He's standing his ground because he has things to take care of. He's being a father. He's being a dad. He's being a man. And appreciate it you know but in a perfect world why does this matter uh because i have a daughter and among the millions of things that i have to teach my daughter and all of the game that i have to pass down to my daughter it includes the fact that i have to teach her that people are a product of their environment everyone is not raised surrounded by love everyone is not brought up in a space that nurtured them in a way that made them the greatest human being to be around and she's gonna have to navigate in a world where these type of people men and women exist and it's going to be difficult it's going to be a challenge it's going to suck sometimes but i pray over my daughter every night and i genuinely believe that when it comes to her love life in the future that she will find happiness and i hope that when she does that man 
loves her like a man is supposed to when he loves a woman. All right, this is our head nod or Q&A session. Today, I just have a couple of head nods I want to pass out. Uh, I call this the head nod because I was listening to, uh, I forget what, I want to say it was Joe Budden podcast, may have been. It was talking about how basically like dudes just suck at showing affection to other dudes or like respect to other dudes. Like, like instead of like whenever a man say I love you, you can't just say I love you back. Like there's always like some type of clash or struggle. I don't know. Like people just struggle with showing their, their emotions was like the general premise of it. And. And, and it got me thinking, like, sometimes, like, a head nod says it all. If you see somebody you haven't seen in a long time, just nodding your head, like, that general, I see you, I appreciate you, goes, like, a long way. Um, so I want to just give out a head nod to a couple of people. So the way I split this up is I have a personal head nod to give, musical or celebrity head nod I want to give, and then a random head nod. So this personal head nod goes out to Belief. Um, his name is Glenn Henry. He has a YouTube page um, called Belief in Fatherhood. His music is sprinkled all throughout our podcast. Um, we talked about him a million times by now. Y'all should know who he is. If you are new to this podcast, please go and check him out. Um, that's Belief in Fatherhood, B-E-L-E-A-F. Beautiful uh, family, black love at its finest. The reason why I'm giving him this head nod today is because about a month ago, a little more than a month ago, we had a conversation over Zoom, actually, before Zoom became the only way that people could communicate. And um, there were a lot of things that we discussed. But at the end of it, he asked me um, if he could pray for me. And I didn't tell him this, but it threw me all the way off because I don't remember the last time a man prayed for me. I want to say it was like when I was like 13, we did a Bible study at home. Uh, we had somebody come visit our family, my mom, my sisters and I. And he like he asked to pray for me. And I thought it was weird because it's just it was weird to me but it felt so strange but he got in his bag in his prayer <laughs> i started feeling emotional and shit i started feeling like uh maybe you know maybe the world's not gonna end and like my life will get you know will be okay and my family will be okay and i'll find balance or be able to better juggle the struggles that we were having around here and i don't know like it just it revitalized me and it was probably the greatest thing i had heard from a man since the early days of when i was younger when my adopted father would you know tell me teach me things like it was it was extremely appreciated so um i'm gonna give a head nod to that man thank you for your words of wisdom if you hear this i genuinely appreciate the time that you took to have that conversation with me i look forward to conversations in the future um again that's belief in fatherhood please go check out his youtube content it's fire the musical or celebrity head nod I want to give out um, this week is to an artist called Sir. He does not know me at all. Uh, I don't know if this will carry to him at all. I make mixtapes that I sometimes put on Patreon. have a new one coming out next week. I look forward. It's going to be another banger that you can play around your house and enjoy your life. Um, but Sir is an artist from uh, from California. I don't want to say Los Angeles. I'm not sure what city he's from. And I don't know how it really works on the West Coast. Like if you say that somebody from a city, they not like how bad that is. Anyway, Sir is an amazing artist. He recently released an album in 2019 called Chasing Summer. And it is one of two albums that I'm still listening to into this year. And I don't know if you who is listening knows this, but like the longevity of like 
music has kind of like shrunk people don't really listen to albums over and over like they really used to because there's you know it's constantly new music coming out and people are constantly trying to like just force more music out there down your throat and i love music but um nah this album was like the shit and it really spoke to all parts of me the part of me that was young and in love dumb and in love and the part of me you know now who's mature and in love like i i genuinely appreciated all aspects of that album and you know, I play it around my daughter sometimes. It's like a part of our chill routine. But sir, Chasing Summer, make sure y'all check that out. And Random Head Nod goes out to healthcare workers. We are in the middle of a pandemic. It is real. It is serious. And there are people who are out there putting their lives on the line, actually going to work at a time where no one should be outside. And I just wanted to show some respect to them. Um, my wife and I, as we've said in previous episode, are actually quarantining ourselves from my own mother, who I really miss right now. Um, <laughs> because my mother is a nurse. She, um, is in a hotel. Um, she works in hospital. She's constantly exposing herself in just by being in a hospital to this virus. And as much as it sucks, I have to do what needs to be done to protect my family, which means space and I hope that you who are listening is out there taking this just as seriously as we are. Stay inside, stay home, stay safe, uh, and take care of each other. That's it. And finally, I'll leave you with this. To anybody who is struggling during this pandemic, who is panicking, who is nervous, who is scared, I have a very strong feeling that we will all get through this. If you even care for my word, um, hopefully this reaches you. Please just continue to take care of yourself, take care of your family, take care of your loved ones. Do not put people at risk and actually try to find a reason to enjoy the space that we're in. I am lucky enough to have a healthy wife and a healthy baby that I can look at and love on. And even though this is extremely tiring, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. All right. So the Black Millennium Marriage Podcast is on Domino Sounds Network. Submit questions or feedback for the next solo episode. Email us at blackmillmare at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at 770-750-4098 that could be featured on a future episode. Let me know what you thought about this episode. I like feedback. I want it. I want to share it. Need to decide whether or not these indie episodes are going to continue. So let us know what you think. Be sure to check out our website, www.blackmillionmarriage.com. It just got a complete facelift. Wifey and I made it look great. Again, mostly wifey. She put in a lot of work. I will always give her her credit. Let's say 70, 30. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, love how it looks. Please go check it out. Follow us on our social media platforms on Instagram. I am Mikey underscore XXI. Or you can follow the wifey at Randy, R-A-N-D, four I's, three E's. On Twitter, we are at underscore the Chapmans. As always, y'all, be blessed, don't settle, and fight clean. Peace. I'm about to let the fuels. I just need me a cup. I'ma pour me the juice. I got the juice now. I got the juice now. I got the juice now. I got the juice. Uh, I got the juice now. I got the juice now. I got the juice now. I got the juice. Hello.
Want the epic stuff, the extraordinary stuff, the edge of your seat stuff, you know, the good stuff with AMC Plus. You can watch the best of AMC, BBC America, IFC, Sundance Now, Shudder, and more. Hungry for horror? Feast on Shudder's chilling originals like Creep Show Season 2 and killer premieres like Train to Busan Presents Peninsula. Got a need for speed? The boys are back with an epic tour of the UK as Top Gear races through a new season. All available on AMC Plus, ad-free and on demand. Start your free trial today at amcplus.com. AMC Plus, only the good stuff.